Hi, and welcome to another episode of that podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Bo. And uh, you were at Conference Pro? Yeah, I'm at True North PHP. It's the, the last True North PHP, as I understand it. Oh, yeah, I remember. Um, I remember is it Pete and Chris who organize? I think they've yeah. they, they've had enough, really, haven't they? Uh, yeah, I think they're 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 ready for other things. So, yeah, it's it's been it's pretty fun. It's pretty exciting. It's funny talking to them or hearing them talk about it yesterday because they didn't really care about Twitter or anything. Like they they were too uh, uh, too too bothered to like tweet and promote the thing because they don't need to build buzz for next year or anything like that. So they I feel like it's a little more more relaxed than it has been in previous years. But even in previous years, it's been pretty relaxed. Like their their conference is pretty pretty chill i think what uh i've heard chris say is that he wanted to uh throw a conference that he wanted to go to like he wants to make it to be exactly the type of environment that he would expect at a conference so it was a lot of it's been a lot of fun so far and yeah it's been pretty cool that makes sense yeah so i had uh, i one... gave oh, go on. i was gonna say that um i gave a tutorial yesterday on event sourcing so i know that earlier uh, like a couple of episodes ago, we mentioned that I hadn't done any of that, or I mentioned I hadn't done anything like that in the in the U.S. Um, yet, and or U.S. or North America. So I did my first one <laughs> um, yesterday, which was pretty cool and pretty exciting. So was it well received? Um, I think it was. Yeah, um, I had a couple of technical glitches with the live coding aspect of it. Um, since the last time I ran the the tutorial code, which I've done like five times now, so I, I know it pretty well, um, I'd upgraded to PHP 7, um, but I had an older version of PHP unit, so it wasn't giving me the errors I expected. Normally it would tell me, you need to implement this method, or we tried to call something that didn't, didn't work, and um, so I, I got these big red errors about uh, expecting an expecting an exception, but it received an error um, because P, uh, PHP 7 throws error, uh, throws errors rather than um, just doing like a hard error. So it was kind of awkward for the first maybe five or 10 minutes while I sorted that out. I found an old version of PHP 5.6 on my box, so I was able to get around that, but that was a little embarrassing. <laughs> uh, these things happen, don't they? Yeah. So um, I had an interesting little bit of news I thought was quite quite cool. Um, on Halloween, um. Rowan's uh, nursery had a like a Halloween party, so they could all go dressed up. And Rowan, we sent Rowan as uh, dressed as Harry Potter, and uh, Rebecca took a photo of him before just before he went, uh, and she tweeted it, uh, and she tagged J.K. Rowling in the tweet, and J.K. Rowling liked it, and then retweeted it. Uh, she was retweeting a bunch of people's uh, tweets, and it was great because I think uh, it ended up with. Um, Another five hundred or so retweets and three and a half thousand likes, uh, and it was just really nice because uh, Rebecca's phone was wittering at her all day, and yeah. uh, it was just quite <laughs> cool. Awesome. And uh, I was there was only we only had sort of one grumpy person uh, who basically told us that no, we were doing it wrong because uh, Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca had said that she was reading the Philosopher's Stone to the kids. Uh, she. She picked up the illustrated uh, edition, which is really nice. Uh, you should check it out if you haven't seen it. Nice. Uh, and some some uh, angry person on Twitter told us the, that we were doing it wrong because we shouldn't read it to them until the 10 or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because it was weird because when she first no, when she first saw it sort of 
getting retweeted a bit. She said, oh, I hope no one says anything. Uh, <laughs> and to be yeah. fair, I don't, I haven't looked at the stats, but given the number of impressions and the number of people who said positive things, I think one, one grumpy person wasn't too bad, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like people can get pretty nasty out there for really non-important things. So that's that's awesome. I, I get worried about that for um, Beck actually. You know, she's she hasn't gotten a whole lot of negative feedback or like trolls or anything like that following her. So that's good. But I do worry about that because I, I see how that happens to some people online. And yeah, it wouldn't be a lot of fun to have to deal with that aftermath. Yeah, I mean, we had we had to kind of look, uh, browse through this one particular person's. Uh, timeline and it seems they're quite an aggressive uh individual who so they clearly look for, i'd say they're almost yeah. uh looking for arguments and they hold extremely strong opinions i think so yeah well, there, that's cool. there are people just like that aren't they mm-hmm. so yeah that was really cool um rebecca's uh started the nanorimo thing i mentioned a couple of episode back uh, she's doing okay i don't think i think it's unlikely she'll meet the i thought it was thirty thousand words uh, but it's actually fifty thousand words um uh-huh. in november which is quite a, a lot uh, i was going to yeah. try and do it with her um but I, I i failed because i didn't do any preparation <laughs> yeah i've got some ideas in my head but when i try and write them down they just look st- stupid or uh, like I've just plagiarized something else completely, not even, not even <laughs> close to being original at all. Uh, so, but she's um, she's picked up a few books to help with research on a few of the sort of themes she wants to blend into the book. Um, cool. It's quite interesting. She was looking at something called the Cheapside Hoard, um, which was uh, like a cache of jewelry that was found uh, on a construction site in London. Uh, but mm-hmm. probably about a hundred years ago, but it was very, it was quite a famous sort of find at the time, and they found all this beautiful jewelry that had been buried for three hundred years or something. She mm-hmm. she wants to incorporate something of that into into her writing, so that's kind of cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, she's downstairs writing now, so I, I don't know what she's doing exactly. I haven't seen any of it yet, but I'm quite pleased and pleased for her anyway. Awesome. Ho- hope it goes okay. Had you? I feel like you had said at one point that. You've never been able to read anything she's written? No, she's never... I don't think she's ever really written anything that she'd say was even close to completed. Right. Um, even she... She has, like, notebooks that I know she's written things in before, but I had no idea what. Mm. She never really likes to talk about it. So oh. so she's talking about this, so... I, okay. Uh, not a lot, but... And I haven't read any of it yeah. yet, but I'm given a chance to actually get stuff down on paper. Cool. I'm a bit worried... That she, yesterday she said she almost deleted as much as she wrote. Um, I'm a bit worried that she might be editing a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know, but I don't know much about it. But yeah. if I was doing something like this thing where it's kind of like a sprint, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'd almost feel like you just want to be getting as many words down as you can daily. Yeah. To because otherwise, if you if you start editing what you've already got, you're probably gonna knock your word count down which would kind of be a bit of a demotivator but i don't know yeah we'll especially if you're trying to hit fifty thousand words <laughs> yeah it's a lot isn't it it's uh, yeah. 1500 words a day so yeah that's cool have you ever shown her any of the um or have you ever looked at any of the the micro stories that people tell on twitter no i've not no yeah there's a um 
one of the ones that I started following because they've been really entertaining have been the um, micro sci-fi stories. I've not they, seen any they, of them. They, so. Yeah, they really they they tried to write like a self-contained story within a tweet, and some of them are actually pretty good. Sometimes you know the the they'll spread across three or four tweets, but for the most part, they try to write these these concepts within the the con with within the the constraint of one tweet which is pretty cool i've seen some micro um horror stories too and it's really it's really creepy what people can do with just under 40 characters yeah proper uh, proper like wordsmiths yeah i mean there there were there were a couple of those that i read that i'm like yeah i'm not gonna I think about that right now <laughs> uh, which is kind of cool yeah that's cool which, i should yeah, check them out we'll tweet some yeah. put, we'll put some in the uh show notes and tweet some out that was a good idea yeah the um, it, it reminds me that um, <laughs> we were we started watching Black Mirror. Have you, have you seen Black Mirror? Oh, Black Mirror. Uh, oh, um, yeah. I haven't. I've seen of it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, um, actually, um, I think uh, Alec from Money when uh, when we were working together, he told me about it, and it was a I think it was a British series that started that had two seasons, and then Netflix picked it up and released those two seasons and then also added an, at least another season. So um, I finally talked back into watching it and I, I told her it was going to be sort of like the outer limits. Um, it sort of is that sort of thing where they're like self-contained episodes where they like pick one theme and, and kind mm. of uh, take it pretty far. And there's usually some weird or creepy or un, un, uh, resolved ending where, you know, the world's just in despair sort of deal. <laughs> um, but I finally got her to watch it and then, uh, in the course of one of the episodes, I said, you know what this really kind of reminds me of? That one really creepy Doctor Who episode with those things that you looked at that you'd never remembered you looked at them when you looked away. And her expression just went like, <laughs> you should not have reminded me of that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you Have you seen... You, you, weren't, you don't follow Doctor Who, correct? No, I don't. Never have. Yeah. Well, I say that. I, I did watch some when I was very young, but uh, yeah. no, I haven't followed recently. I, I had... I had Beck watching Doctor Who for a tiny bit until that episode, and then she won't watch it anymore. <laughs> and and I had forgotten that that was the episode that that did it in for her. But um, I started looking up that episode a little bit and found out who, who whoever wrote it or directed it or something has sort of like that's sort of his thing. Um, and I think I think he was the one that did the the Weeping Angels, which was also th- those are also very creepy. Um, but yeah, it was interesting to see that it was kind of like his his style of, of mm. horror or scare factor. And that was kind of like the ultimate, um, at least to that point of like, yeah, something, some, some creature that you look at and you, you can never remember that you saw them. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, it was, it was, it was very, very cool. And then, um, yeah, it's, uh, um, before that was, uh, did you, did you watch Buffy? No, I never watched Buffy yeah. either. Or the other one, what went, 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 what was the dude one? Uh, Angel. Angel. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the there was one episode um, in in Buffy that was sort of similar that that uh, Beck and her sister go back and forth on because it was called Hush, and there were these cre- it was um, the spell is cast where nobody can speak, so there's no sound at all in the entire episode, and there there's just these creepy people floating around like cutting out people's hearts, basically. right? <laughs> and so they uh, they'll they'll. Uh, for Christmas, sometimes they'll hand each other a gift and they'll open it up. It'll be a screenshot of Hush, <laughs> uh, and they have it. They actually have it recorded on VHS, and occasionally that'll get passed back between each other every mm. once in a while. So, um, 
the the Hutch VHS is now in in my bookshelf. <laughs> uh, now now that I was digging through my boxes, all of a sudden I found this VHS. Kit. I'm like, what's this? Oh, it's Hush. So <laughs> I just set it on my uh, one of my new shelves in my office. Always things like that remind me. Uh, there's the one episode of the X Files, and it's almost so many people say the same thing. Uh, the Eugene Victor Tombs episode of the X Files. Do you remember that? Mm-mm. He's the dude who can fit through spaces. So, oh, I don't. Go, go on. <laughs> he, I, it's something like he wakes up every 30 years and he has to feed on so many bodies or something, uh, mm. but he can he can squeeze through pipes and things like that. So you, it's like the thing, like going to bed, like the night uh-huh. of watching something like that was like uh-huh. looking around the room, like how can this, how can that dude get into my bedroom? I remember yeah, that. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and so many people remember it as well. Mm. Yeah, I... It sounds vaguely familiar, and I, I feel like I've seen most of the X Files, but every once in a while I'll see a brand new episode, and I'm like, "Yeah, what? How did I miss this one?" <laughs> have you uh, Have you watched Stranger Things? No, um, I'd like. That's another one that I'd like to get started on as well, because I've heard a lot of really great things about I think it. It's, but I think it's a must watch. But yeah, I'm only two episodes in because I said to Rebecca, "We have to watch this Stranger Things," and she was like, eh, "I'm not really bothered." And I was like, "Oh God!" I was like. I watched two episodes on my own, and I was like, no, Rebecca, you really have to watch this. And now I've been yeah. waiting for her to catch up, and it's just not <laughs> happened. So I, I should I should sack her off, really, and just go ahead and watch it myself. But Yeah. the um, Beck saw some review somewhere that said that they, there's something like, something happens to kids, and it's like, don't watch it if you have kids of your own, or something. So she has it in her mind that there's something, like, torture or something happens to children in it and so she's she's a little nervous to, to get started on that so if you if you get a few episodes in and see that it's not too bad at all that would be pretty awesome it depends share it, that with her. <laughs> psychologically i suppose it could be i mean it I, it'd be child abduction is i think it'd be the the thing okay i think maybe um, that's maybe that's what she had seen yeah so yeah okay if you're sensitive to that kind of i didn't realize people were sensitive to that mm-hmm. kind of thing but i'm i'm yeah. clueless when it comes to things like that <laughs> Rebecca doesn't like seeing blood on the screen at all and like mm. just does not bother me. Yeah. In the slightest, you know. Um I don't know. Never has. It took me it took me a really long time to figure out what things work for Beck and which things don't. Because for me, scary movies are scary. Like all of them are scary across the board. But there but she had this weird thing about which sort of scary movie scared her. And I could never figure it out for the longest time. And um, like like you say, like some people are afraid of blood. Like she's fine with blood. She's fine with gore. But it's more of the, the occult type things. Um, so if, if, let's say like the, uh, did you ever uh, see The Cell? No. That, that, no, I mean, that, that was just kind of like mind stuff going on um, versus something like, say, um, uh, the Seventh Gate or eleven was it the Seventh Gate something like that. Anyway, if if it deals with like demons and and devils and things like that, um, it's it's not good for her. But anything else is pretty much fair game. And things became a lot easier for me once I realized that. Right. But figure trying to figure that out, like in my mind, it's it's all scary movies, um, and I'm usually not bothered by anything. Well, I mean, I, there's some things I'd rather not watch, but there, there isn't anything that like just freak me out that I can't watch it anymore um but yeah life is a lot easier once you figure out you know the the subtle nuances of people's preferences on on scary movies yeah definitely yeah so um 
speaking of Stranger Things, I went to see Doctor Strange last week. Mm-hmm. I quite enjoyed it. Um, and I'm looking around and reviews have been quite a mixed bag. Um, mm-hmm. I just liked it because it was Marvel and it followed that 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 Marvel template everyone talks about. Yeah, but it was also different in that it threw away from the sort of like superhuman side of mm-hmm. things uh, and brought in a bit more fantasy uh, in terms of like sorcery, I think, uh, mm-hmm. which made it kind of interesting for me. But it's worth watching. I, I, I won't really. Have you, did you decide whether somebody, because you were asking about whether Luke might like it, and I thought it might be a bit uh, boring yeah. for the youngsters. It's not out here yet. Oh, isn't so. it? No. Right. Yeah, I think it's. I think it comes out today, actually. So. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit mystical and spiritual in that side. Mm-hmm. That's what it's trying to. You know, he's trying to at the beginning. They're trying to get him to open his mind. Yeah, um, and it. I, I just don't think that's going to work for the kids. You know, when mm-hmm. the kids don't really need to know yeah. how to get the powers. They just. You know, they know. They know mm-hmm. Iron Man's kick ass. So that's. That, yeah. that's enough for them, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that Luke was a big fan of Merlin, so like, he, like he sort of senses that sorcery aspects of things and growing in your power and trying to figure out how how, how things work, uh, and learning how to control power and things like that. So, if if it's along those lines, I think he might be okay with it. But yeah, if it's more looking down yourself and blah blah blah, I can see how that might be a little bit boring. We uh, we just uh, talked about uh, whether we should watch Jungle Book or watch Civil War again. And Luke said, Civil War was the longest movie ever. <laughs> that was the only thing he remembered about it was that was the longest movie ever. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, um, I haven't watched Civil War all the way with the kids just because they were like, I summed up the politics to them mm-hmm. and they were just like, what? <laughs> why, yeah. why are they fighting? I just like, they just had a really bad argument. Yeah. That'll just have to do. That will have to do as the explanation as to why they are fighting each other. Yeah. <laughs> At the minute, they do not like each other, and they're just going. Uh. So I yeah. s- I tend to fast forward to the action scenes and then yeah, leave all the other stuff behind. <laughs> nice. So um, tech side of things. Um, last week I went to Washington D.C. for my first uh, Sensio Labs Symphony training, where I was actually a student. Mm-hmm. Um, Hugo Hammond came over from, uh, came over from Europe to give us a, a tutorial. I think there were six of us in the audience. Um, and we had the training session at one of our uh, new U S partners, uh, called fig leaf and they had a pretty cool facility. Um, it was a nice space, you know, everybody seemed to learn a lot. So it was really cool. We had a lot of fun. Um, I got, I got to see firsthand for the first time the, um, the training material that people that they're doing for uh, Symphony Three web development, um, and it was it was pretty cool. I it was a really good refresher for me uh, because it's been a while since I've actually gone in and done a lot of the things that we did in the tutorial. So didn't I don't think I really learned a lot of new things, uh, but it was definitely nice to get a refresher and remember how to do these things, remember that these pieces are there, um, and the the actual sample material was pretty awesome. Um, I wasn't thinking that it was going to be very interesting and i didn't think that it was actually going to work very well uh to to get everything but the application had like pretty much everything that we needed to do so i thought that was pretty awesome it was uh the example application was hangman um, all right 
exists. And it, it just seemed like, why are we going to do Hangman from the web? That seems really weird. Um, so like initially I was, wasn't really turned off. I was just a little skeptical, but within that application, we were do, able to do everything from, uh, figuring out how to do controllers, web forms, um, different ways to do things within controllers. Uh, we even got to authentication form processing with sending an email. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it basically hit all of the, the different aspects of, uh, building a Symphony 2 application with, with like three pages of a hang of a hangman app. So I thought that was, it was pretty, pretty well done. Yeah. Sounds, uh, sounds interesting. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, one of the people in the, um, one of the people who was attending, uh, was Blake Patterson and he has, he's a retro gaming person. Um, I I can't remember what the name of his, uh, website was, it was like, some bite something or another, but, um, he started to geek out a little bit talking about like computers pieces with me. Uh, so he turned me on to something called PC part picker, uh, which became very interesting to me after seeing the, the new Mac launch, <laughs> because suddenly I realized I wasn't sure I wanted to get a Mac the next time I get a computer, which I had hoped to be sometime within the next month or so. Um, did, have you seen much grumbling about Mac lately? Um, I've seen a bit of grumbling, but most of the grumbling seems to be more like, there's nothing too exciting or making me want to upgrade rather than yeah anything specifically bad about the the new models yeah i mean but that's that's just it right i mean there's a lot of people who have been waiting a long time for this upgrade and the upgrade you know maybe a little faster maybe a little more slender um but no real reason to upgrade like my 2013 macbook pro it's probably just as good as the you know the the CPU might be a little little yeah, less off. I think that's it. We, I think for me the the upgrades will be fine without the fanfare. You don't need yeah. a, a. I mean, I, I find it unbelievable that people watch those conferences anyway. Mm. It's just, it, I've never, as you know, I I, I use a Mac because it's mm. it's a nice piece of hardware, but I I don't celebrate Apple um yeah. in any way. If they just released those models, like, oh, by the way, we've upgraded some of the hardware, you can get them. Mm. No one would have been upset. Uh, they'd yeah. have been, oh yeah. But instead, yeah. it's. Do you see what I mean? Like there was no build. Mm. There was no need for any build up whatsoever. Yeah. It could have just been almost a rolling upgrade every mm. every year. Just drop that extra bit of CPU and that extra bit of memory yeah. or whatever and, it and is. And they do that. And they do that. I mean, they have those uh, quiet refreshers that they do. Um, which I think is why everyone was hoping that this was going to be something like major and massive and like a good reason to upgrade instead of, you know, looking elsewhere. And the, the number of people that, that I've just seen randomly talking about, you know, for the first time in a long time, they're thinking about upgrading and they might not get an Apple or, you know, they might not get an Apple product. And I don't know, it was, it was kind of disappointing. It was, it was very interesting for me to see the, reaction from the the surface event that was the day before where people were like completely blown away by the new surface studio um and you know all the comments you know after the apple events like microsoft out apple to apple <laughs> on mm. on on this time around so it was it was it was kind of an interesting week to to be looking at you know where apple's been where apple's going the whole you know mac ecosystem and you know kind of eye-opening for some people probably to think, you know, maybe it is time to stop looking at Apple hardware because for a long time it was the 
you know, for, for me anyway, was a lot more reliable than the PCs that I had in the past. I feel like any of the PC laptops I had uh, before I started getting MacBook Pros felt sluggish and slow and weird and flimsy mm. within like six months, whereas all of the uh, Apple laptops I've had always felt good up until the time that I upgraded, and I only upgraded because I really wanted a huge performance boost. And I'm yeah. not going to get that right I now. Mean, for me, it's a... you've always paid for that extra performance thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I've never owned a top-of-the-line uh, PC laptop. Mm-hmm. You know, I've never spent £1,500 on a PC laptop. Mm-hmm. Whereas you do with the Apples, that's just what you, what you do. Yeah. Obviously, OS X makes a huge difference as well because it's that not every single Windows install I ever used got to be garbage because of all the the crap, you know, mm-hmm. drivers for this, that, and the other, the peripherals that you don't need or you, peripherals that yeah. you don't need all the extra silly settings for and mm. features and all that kind of thing. So, I mean, to me, I've said for a long time now I wouldn't buy another MacBook just because it just doesn't really interest me and I'd rather have Linux as well. I'm, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm so comfortable with Linux. Mm-hmm. So when the new MacBooks got announced, I did actually have a look around, and, and everyone says how good the Dell, the Dell XPS 13 is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as I can tell, you can only go up to 8 gig of RAM with those, and I just feel like uh, that's one thing, I, as far as an upgrade goes, I don't really want to compromise on that. I want to, I'm, yeah. That's what I generally want to upgrade. CPU and RAM is yeah. what I want to upgrade every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, I don't know what I'll do next. Uh, this MacBook's three years old now um and it's fine apart from the dead pixels on the screen which annoy me but usually only occasionally uh, yeah yeah i think the ram was the big kicker for me cause I, I maxed out on ram three years ago and i can't get more than 16 gigs of ram and you know with various vms and wanting to run photoshop at the same time and you know slack slack yeah from time to time i you know it's it just it, that's the that was the big thing for me so it was interesting because I was just at that time talking with Blake about computers and he'd like built an old 486 or, or no, I think it was an old Pentium just recently. Like he like built a, one of his first machines that he ever had, but he went back and got that same hardware now and tried to put it together. Um, yeah. And just looking at the, for me realizing that the, the value I have is in, in the operating system for the most part. Um, as opposed to the hardware. So I've never really seriously considered building a Hackintosh until, you know, I, I was sitting there thinking, I don't really want to get another Mac laptop at this point, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to get a Mac Pro. And, you know, so I, I started to look at it, and I was like, you know what, there's, there's some really great hardware, and you could put together a really killer machine for under $2,000 that would, you know, fly circles around uh, anything that... that Apple hardware is actually producing right now. So I don't know. Well, it might be um, a fun project for Luke and I to, to actually put together a computer and build it. Um, so I, that my, might be something that, yeah. Just my gut feelings would be if you did that, you'd probably end up falling back to Windows because the Hackintosh experience would be rubbish. Yeah. It's like it, I, for I, all Windows good... has the quirks, yeah. trying to do that will just make it, I don't know. Yeah. It, and there's definitely there's definitely some of that to consider as well, which is why I I, I half expect that I'll end up with a Linux workstation <laughs> mm. instead of actually having a, a, a MacBox. Because I don't think I'm going to spend a whole 
you know, week trying to build up this computer and make it actually work with, with Mac. Um, there, there are a couple of websites that have like the, uh, the golden builds for, um, hardware that is actually supported natively by Mac without any drivers or anything like that. So if I were to do something, it would probably be along those lines, uh, where it's hopefully just plug and play. And if it doesn't work, I'm not going to spend, you know, a week trying to try, trying to get, you know, OS X to boot or whatever. So. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, the, um, the um, on the uh, event sourcing or event sourcing in the the U.S. sort of thing. Um, since our last recording, I got accepted to speak at Sunshine PHP, cool. and um, I got two event sourcing related uh, things selected. I'm going, I get to do a uh, building an MVP using event sourcing. So I get to talk about my uh, experience trying to build something rapidly and quickly and evolve it quickly using event sourcing and CQRS. Um, and then um, also the tutorial, the introduction to event sourcing so uh, and CQRS. So yeah, so just you know, th- four weeks ago, we were talking about um, conferences in the US not, uh, not picking those up. And now I'm going to be doing several of them this year. So that's pretty cool. That I'm is cool, excited yeah. About that. How about you on the the technology side of things? I've actually I've been doing a bit of writing for my blog in the mm. last couple of nights. Um, cool. Just because I was failing at the the normal the the novel writing, so yeah, <laughs> I, started, <laughs> I started writing down something that I do know about. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how it's going to end up at the minute because it it's it was turning out to be a summary of several things, whereas each summary is getting quite large now, so I might break it up into a few posts. Mm-hmm. Just trying to put more testing material on my blog, really. Um, just trying to keep, you know, keep putting stuff out there. Just uh, trying to get my name out a bit and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. uh, not nothing awesome. too interesting. It'll come along. I, I did spawn a, a, a possibly an interesting idea for a new project. Um, I just an open source project, which I'm sort of thinking about looking into. Uh, but I, d- I don't really want to at the minute. I want to finish the blog post. But then I also, it'd be nice to have that project when I put the blog post out, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I might just finish up the blog post and then have a look and see how long it might take me to develop this little library. Um, we'll see. Cool. Other that than that, awesome. nothing really interesting on the technology front. Um, okay. Not doing anything interesting with work. I could think of lots of refactoring this last week. Um, okay. Uh, on the technology side for the blog, or not for the blog, but for our podcast, uh, we started, uh, or I started using some new software to um, help uh, the social media side of our marketing. Because uh, I've been doing that by hand. Well, not, not necessarily by hand, but um, for a while I was using Hootsuite. Um, and that was, you know, writing each individual tweet and selecting the time that it was going to go out. It was kind of a pain. Mm. Um, same sort of thing uh, with Buffer. Like I could buffer a bunch of tweets, uh, which is, I switched from Hootsuite to Buffer. Um, I could write some tweets, but I don't know, actually going and then manually switching the time on things, it just seemed like it was kind of a headache. Um, and then I heard that uh, Joe Ferguson and Cal Evans were working on building some software um, to try, try and aid that sort of thing. So I think, I think we deployed that a, about a week ago today. And so far it's been pretty awesome. Um, I, I was able to write... Um, a whole bunch of content and dump it in our kind of like a long-term repeating cycle thing. Um, and then I was able to write uh, 
transcribe some of your uh, the notes that you've put on our website for um, the, the show notes and put those on like a more more frequent uh, cycle. And it's really helped with engagement. Like almost right away, a lot of people were retweeting things and commenting. I think we got, um, if, I, if I wasn't at the conference and I had better time to prepare for this, um, I would have had it. But um, there was one thing that I put out asking what people are excited about right now. And I had like five people write back stuff, which was pretty awesome. Mm. Um, so uh, Adam Wathan talked about uh, active record service location, global functions and metaprogramming, uh, which is pretty, it didn't, nothing was really surprising there. I don't think. No. He loves yeah, his anti-patterns. He actually shared a, um, a snippet of code. Uh, well, not a snippet of code. It was actually a considerable size um, article, but it's in a gist as opposed to actual blog post or something uh, talking about um, uh, ways to, uh, a declarative way to support multiple signatures for the same method in PHP. Yeah, um, which, I saw, yeah. Yeah, so uh, cause he, I asked him what he meant by metaprogramming <laughs> because, you know, that could mean things from, to, to different people. So uh, I thought it looked like pretty pretty interesting. I was only able to skim it so far, but it's on my list of things to go back to. It's uh, it's pretty hairy in, in there. And yeah. It's it not the kind pretty... of thing I'd want to use unless I was really, really, really struggling to to uh, to get the API right for something because it's it, it, yeah, it just looked messy. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it's definitely on the magical side of things. So I, I just wanted to look at it to see what it looks like. Uh, so I had, you know, I haven't had a chance to to really play with it yet. So. Um, see what else we had uh, uh jonathan jeffries uh says making things and solving problems um see on cuit says uh using something that actually works creating messaging uh message-based async systems and um till said the insane in, <clears throat> the insane amount of data i can store and analyze nowadays with the affordable aid with how affordable aws makes it all mm. Um, so yeah, uh, there might've been a few in there that I missed, but uh, a couple of people jumped back on that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. It sounds um, good. And, yeah. So yeah, it, it's been a, a nice way to, uh, try and engage people a little bit more and, um, communicate better with people. So, uh, it's pretty, it's a pretty cool project. It's, um, uh, that they're putting together the, the, the interface at this point was very simplistic. Um, you know, it was basically something that Cal sketched out. Uh, to see if he could get the the core uh, logic to work, so um, it's not ready for prime time um, by any means. But they have a, a landing page up now, if, if, so if anyone is interested in this, uh, you could check out their project called Say What and uh, Say What Co. Um, we could put it in the the, the show notes as well uh, to get on the the waiting list to uh, try that out when it comes out. I think the um, I'd already been talking to Joe about this because uh, Joe's trying to build the. Uh, the UI admin side of things using Spark. So this, this is the project that he's was um, trying to fire up using Spark. So I've been talking to him about it already. Um, and then you and I were talking a little bit about this sort of problem and how, how to solve it. And I was reminded that Brandon Savage uses something and I couldn't remember exactly what it was called. Um, so I sent him a tweet asking what it was. And he said it's uh, he's use Edgar or meet Edgar. Meet Edgar, um, yep. Yeah, meet Edgar. Uh, so I was just curious what what it was that that he was using. And Cal, uh, independent of me having already talked to Joe, uh, sent me a, a private message saying, "Hey, let me uh, you know let's get in touch and let's talk about uh, something I've been working on." So, uh, so it was a kind of a nice little 
little way to get introduced to that. And so I, I was able to help them uh, beta test it or alpha test it or wherever, they're, wherever they consider themselves. So, so if you see tweets coming from us, definitely uh, retweet them talk to us. We'll try to try to talk about your ideas or thoughts on the show. We've got the cool voicemail app that, that Dave put together that we haven't had nearly enough people use. <laughs> uh, I think we had one, one person who did use it that we didn't actually get to put on the show, which is kind of unfortunate, but we've also had a lot of people just calling to see how it works. Uh, probably have no idea what our podcast is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but it's there. It's cool. Use it if you can. Um, and I think I think we're probably at the point where we need to call this. I've, I've actually got to get to the conference. Yep. Uh, I should get back to work. Yeah. You, I had to interrupt you this morning so, uh, from work so that we could do this for a little bit. Uh, otherwise, we weren't going to get in this week. That's true. I'm yeah. really happy we got it this week. Yeah, cool, man. Well, thank you. All right. Sounds good. I'll call this one a wrap. listening to that podcast with Bo and Dave. You can find Bo on Twitter and Google Plus at Bo Simonson and Dave on Twitter at Dave Development. You can subscribe to this podcast and review it on iTunes. If you'd like to review us but don't feel like we've earned five stars, email us so that we can talk about your issues. You can also subscribe to this podcast with RSS from our website, thatpodcast.io. From our website, you can also sign up for our newsletter to get super secret extra content from Bo and Dave sent directly to your inbox like the music you can thank gorillo for allowing us to sample the track dust kingdom for our intro and outro you can find dust kingdom and other tracks by gorillo at grillo.bandcamp.com spelled g-r-i-l-l-o 